Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the In the Numbers podcast. I'm your host, Jarvis Hall, director of the East Metro STEAM Partnership. We are excited to be here today, coming to you live from the In the Numbers studio. Uh, you know, you know, I might have to work on uh, making my album in the back once this is over. Uh, you know, I got to call, you know, Puffy or Dr. Dre or or whoever's doing stuff these days and work on this album. But until then, we'll keep uh, coming to you live with the In The Numbers podcast. Today, we today's number for the day is 1 million. You know, I wanted to do almost a 1 million, but we're going to go with 1 million. And that is because of our special guest that we have today. Uh, Alessis Baghdadi, and she is from OMSI, and OMSI has over 1 million visitors a year uh, come come through OMSI. You didn't realize how popular OMSI was, uh, especially until uh, the, the pandemic, and you realize, man, I used to go there a lot. Uh, but let, let's give a big round of applause. We are going to bring in uh, Alexis, come right on in. Give her a big round of applause. Thank you, Alexis, for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you about OMSI and all the things we're doing. Now, OMSI is doing some great stuff. Now, you took over uh, here recently in this in this new role, correct? Um, I'm recently a project ish. manager. <laughs> Recently-ish. <laughs> Ish, yeah. Um, I'm a project manager at OMSI, so one of the fun things about my job is um, I'm constantly working on all different kinds of projects. So we, one of the new projects that I'm working with in collaborations is collaborating with the STEM hubs. Um, so yeah, more recently, getting more active in what's going on with OMSI around the state and some of our partners in science learning. Well, tell us just a little bit more about, about your role and kind of how you, how you got into this. Sure. Um, my background's in education. I used to be uh, an elementary teacher. Um, I think my heart is in first, second, and third grade oftentimes. And when I transitioned from the classroom into nonprofits, I came into OMSI um, and have found my way as a project manager. I think all of those skills I had in the classroom of managing, you know, all the different stakeholders and the different activities and work we had going on, um, it's been really fun to transition that to the museum where we think about um, exhibit development or some of our strategic plans around digital learning, um, partnerships, advancing our equity projects. Um, so in my job at OMSI, I kind of jump day to day, depending on which team I get to work with and which projects we're trying to move forward. Um, my role involves a lot of listening to understand kind of stakeholder priorities in the community or on the staff or at the museum and then translating that sometimes through ambiguous processes into a project or a program. So I feel like I'm a support, kind of a coach in the same way that I was doing in the classroom. Well, that is very cool. So, so I guess the first thing I want to know is what's the cool projects you're working on right now you know and, and and don't worry our our audience is very great at keeping secrets you can tell us about <laughs> the you know the the things you're not really supposed to tell us that are about to come out you can tell us and we won't we won't tell anybody 
Um, I think one of the most interesting right now is around digital learning. Uh, as we all know, with the pandemic, we really quickly had to pivot and we're leading these much more virtual and digital lives than I know I was leading before the pandemic. Um, and OMSI did an amazing job. Our educators, it feels like almost overnight, took their programming from an in-person hands-on experience and translated it into virtual assemblies and virtual classroom programs. Um, so we've learned a lot during the pandemic, but then we also are asking ourselves questions around what does virtual learning look like in the future when we're all uh, able to be in person and doing all the activities together, how can we still use virtual learning to extend the OMSI experience or increase accessibility to OMSI programming? Um, so that's really exciting to me because I feel like we're moving into this space that is new and different and really creative and imaginative. Um, you, in the beginning, it feels like you were referencing Sesame Street. And I feel like that's where my heart is too, is thinking about you know, PBS and how do they leverage all these different digital uh, channels to engage kids and families and teachers. And so at OMSI, we're kind of asking those questions too. How can we get our, how can we augment our experience with, um, short videos or do-it-yourself activities at home, um, all these things that would get kids and classes excited about doing science and then come to the museum or have OMSI come visit and dissect a squid with us or, you know, so thinking more about those deeper learning experiences rather than that like once a year field trip or once a year assembly. Yeah, so I'm excited about how creative that is, you know, and where we might go. No, that's that's very cool. And I think one thing that's really cool, especially for uh, folks out there, a lot of times uh, a lot of a lot of kids, their their first experience with OMSI is often a field trip, uh, but it doesn't have to be their only one. Uh, speaking exactly. to as a as a parent, uh, OMSI has saved me uh, plenty of Saturdays of trying to uh, <laughs> entertain the, the youngsters, but there are uh, so much first, let me make sure, just go all the way back, uh, where we're, we're saying OMSI, uh, wanna make sure it's an Oregon Museum of Science and Industry. So if folks have not ever uh, heard of OMSI, if you haven't, we need to have a discussion. Uh, if you have not heard of OMSI. Uh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm old school, uh, you know, from, from the Portland metro area. So, I, you know, my first experience with OMSI was way back when it was in, in you know, Washington Park OMSI uh, before it got all cool and fancy uh, <laughs> over there across from the from the climb center. But, uh, you know, it is, that is not the only interaction that uh, your, your kids can have or you can have. There are so many really cool things at, at OMSI. Uh, I always recommend getting a membership and, uh, uh, you know, it may seem like uh, it costs a few dollars, but after you take your, your it, it, you know, if you have children, you take your kids there a couple of times, it, it pays for, for itself. And you, know, you can hang out over at the planetarium. Uh, you, there, there's just so many, I don't want to talk about all the different things, but, but what are some cool things if somebody went there this weekend uh, coming up and they're, and, they're, and they're taking their kids because they, they heard so much about it and maybe their school isn't taking field trips at this time. Uh, you know, what, what might be some, some things they, they, would, they would experience there if they came in this weekend? 
Well, the first thing I have to plug is our new science playground. Um, I snuck my son in to get a preview and he was like, this is my favorite place in the museum. <laughs> uh, during the pandemic, when we were closed, we went through an entire remodel. So science playground is feels brand new. There um, are, there's a brand new climber. There's an infant area. We have our discovery lab. We brought back the uh, water tables. So there's this beautiful cave that children can go in and play with lights and water and play at the table and just experiment. Get your hands in there and see what happens. So if you have children that are between zero and six years old, that is the first place I would head. Um, we also have a featured exhibit right now, which is on the life of Nelson Mandela. And that exhibit is really engaging to walk through. It starts with a video that gives you an introduction to Nelson Mandela and apartheid in South Africa, and then brings you through his life almost in a chronological order. Um, and there are artifacts and replicas of artifacts on display and really tells the story of activism um, in South Africa and of Nelson Mandela and his community. Then as you get to the end of that exhibit, there's a local connection. So through partnerships with local uh, organizations and individuals in the Portland metro area, we have uh, developed an extension. So there are profiles of activism in Oregon and how people were a part of the apartheid movement or anti-apartheid movement um, in Oregon. So there's a lot of Oregon history there. And I personally learned so much about the different people who are helping to build our community here and drive conversations. Uh, then there are also um, activities there. I think it's called a gumboot stomp. So there's a video where you can learn about music and dance as a role, the role that it plays in activism. And um, then you get to practice and try. So I kind of loved how they took the story of history and turned it into this interactive full body experience. Um, and one of my big takeaways when I walked through with my family was around the importance of voting. And there are resources there around getting registered to vote and understanding the importance of your, you know, your vote and your voice. Um, and it really runs through all the ages. So in that same area, there's a whole selection of children's books uh, from early childhood up through around middle school probably, and really are engaging kids of all ages in that same conversation with your adults. So I would definitely recommend coming to check out our Nelson Mandela exhibit. Um, and then we also, in the fall, opened our Turban Hall. Turban Hall was closed for, it feels like 18 months because of the pandemic. And now we are able to have it reopened. Um, we have new content in there that is related to the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And so in partnership with Oregon Mesa and local teens, we have over the past 18 months <laughs> been developing uh, design challenges that help engage nine to 14 year olds and their families in exploring local and global uh, problem solving, trying to understand issues and the role that we all can play in helping to uh, drive change and conversations in our communities locally, but then also participate globally. So the newest one we just opened is on um, urban heat inequalities, and it looks at extreme heat in cities and then um, overlays the issues of extreme heat with redlining. So you can look at the uh, maps of Portland and really get a sense of how does the history of Portland impact and racial discrimination impact today and the 
the climate impacts and the, uh, the daily lives of kids as they are living in different neighborhoods here. And so by there's that connection to history, but then also the design challenge to say, okay, now let's look at a city and what causes um, extreme heat and how could we design a city differently so that there aren't certain areas of the city that are some of the hottest in the country and then others that have more greenery and are much cooler and try to engage kids and families in that conversation. Um, we will continue in that space to continue uh, to keep looking at the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And every year or so, there'll be a new topic and with the same format, engage families in a design challenge to explore different issues. So those Fantastic. Are gonna, yeah. No, no, those are those are great <laughs> right there. Sorry, take me a quick second to find a button because I don't like to oh. <laughs> I try to I try to kind of mute myself a little bit uh, when, when you're talking because then I, I'm like, you know, sometimes I have little ad libs. I'm like, hmm, or my breathing <laughs> or some are if I sneeze, I'm like, I don't want to mess up uh, her, her train of thought. So then I'm like about to start talking. I'm like, oh, I got to find a mute button. <laughs> but uh, uh, give me a quick second because I want to come back to some of the some of that that you just shared. I got to take a quick second and uh, do a sponsor read because this episode of In the Numbers podcast is sponsored by the East Metro STEAM Foundation, which actually works with the East Metro STEAM partnership uh, to raise money for uh, STEM and STEAM education and other related uh, services in East Multnomah County. You can learn more about the East Metro STEAM Foundation and make a donation today by visiting uh, the East Metro STEAM Partnership website, which is eastmetrosteam.org, and click on Foundation, and you can learn more about how you can financially support STEAM in East County. And so as we move towards the holiday time, if you need to make a donation, you have a few dollars hanging in your pocket and you want to make something tax deductible to a 501c3, we know you're going to give to OMSI, but we know you can also give to the East Metro STEAM Foundation. Again, that's eastmetrosteam.org and click on Foundation. All right. Uh, one thing that, uh, and we're here with Alexis Baghdadi from uh, OMSI, uh, program, the program manager, right? Project manager. Yeah. Project manager. Project manager. Sooner or later, she's about to be in charge of this thing. I know other, you know, I can't throw that stuff out there. I get in trouble. But uh, but but we're we're working on that. Uh, but one thing uh, that is interesting that you that that you brought up around uh, some of the the newer exhibits, uh, and, and we're seeing this. You know, politics is playing out as politics always does, and. Uh, some of this has even crept into Oregon around uh, around critical race theory, which is not taught in schools. Let me make uh, let me put myself on the full screen here to tell everybody: critical race theory is not being taught in any, not only any K through twelve. It's likely not taught in any undergraduate program, and it's only taught in law school and graduate programs as a framework for discussing. Uh, law and law development and policy development in America. It is not telling your kids that they're bad people inherently is not doing that. So if you have a problem with it, 
Go to your local grad school. So go to, you know, one of the universities in Oregon and get mad at them. Don't go to your school board and, and say, you're teaching CRT to our kids. They're not teaching. Trust me. Okay, let me have to get on my soapbox for a quick moment. Apologize for that. I want to just, as, as somebody who's in grad school, I feel it's intellectually dishonest for folks to run on the school board to try to ban something, as well as it bugs me that they the, the reason that they say they want to ban all is it's Marxist or it's this. You're not banning Marx. You know, there's not one person who ever went to a school board meeting and said, we need to ban feminist theory from <laughs> schools because they're definitely not teaching that in, in kindergarten. You know, they're not reading bell hooks in, in kindergarten or anything. But, you know, oh, CRT, we can't teach kids about this at all. You know, we need to teach them about the Constitution because, of course, race was nowhere in the Constitution. Uh, no such thing as a three-fifths compromise. But I'm stop. I'm done. Uh, but I, I do find it interesting that uh, you all don't run from any of those things. You know, when you're, when you're talking about uh, the, the city design stuff and, uh, and redlining and those things, that was part of Portland's history. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when looking at how we design uh, the, this city and, and we can't even look at uh, things around, uh, around environmental justice without bringing some of those things up, you know, especially because you know, those are the areas, uh, especially where people of, of color traditionally uh, not only uh, were living, but had to live because those were the policies of uh, the state of Oregon and the city of Portland specifically. And now we see those areas happen to be where the, the wastewater treatment plants are, where the, the substations are, where those kind of things. When we're looking at city design and stuff, we can't do that in a vacuum without looking at uh, those impacts. And, and so uh, have you all met any resistance to some of those things or, or you know, has, has, it, has it, you know, been kind of more supportive uh, as more educators kind of around? I was curious about that piece. I've only heard supportive things. I have not heard any resistance. Um, I agree with you. I've been tracking, tracking the same conversation locally and nationally around um, I mean, critical race theory is not even the right phrase, right? As you said, like looking at how are we telling stories and being factual. Um, and OMSI hasn't encountered any of that pushback. Um, as a staff member, it's been um, easy is not the right word maybe, but um, I have confidence in moving forward with a curriculum that might be considered quote unquote controversial in other areas because I know what OMSI's values are. And I know the things that we're trying to uh, how we're trying to evolve and what we're trying to put forward. So we are really focused on building a welcoming, inclusive space, looking at all the different ways that we can be accessible. And part of that has to do with the content and being true about the stories and the way that we're telling and teaching the science. I think that you can't look at science in a neutral way, that you have to look at the impacts and who's contributing to it or um, all the different experiences that are a part of that science that you're putting forward. So if I'm just talking about urban heat, sure, I can just talk about temperatures and I can talk, talk about materials, but that's really leaving out a whole part of what's going on. And I think that science asks us to look at the context. And so we're excited to do that as we develop content. Um, the other thing that's really important to me, I guess, is the idea that 
this isn't a conversation just for high schoolers or just for adults. There are so many ways that middle school and elementary school and even the youngest preschoolers can be engaged in talking about the content from different angles, um, talking about fairness and justice and the consequences. Um, so I'm excited that in our spaces, we're being able to do that, particularly in the Turban Hall with the global goals. And I, and I think one thing I've always appreciated about OMSI is the local context to a lot of this stuff. So you talk about how with the, with the Mandela exhibit, which I definitely need to check out, um, there's, there's that local connection there and, and folks who have, who have done things. And I think I always appreciated that even with, uh, with, with things like the, the, the water piece, you know, we, we, in exhibits in the past as well, we've talked about, uh, we talked about the, the Vanport flood and how uh, that impacted the area. And, you know, as it still does, uh, we have that connection out in East County because our, our, um, what is it called? The, uh, the levy had to be recertified. And so it was this whole big thing. It's like, wait a second, we might not get certification. What was that? What does that mean? And, uh, you know, if there was a flood in, in East County, what that would look like or what that would do to the air, the, the trout there airport or, or some of those other places, our businesses that would have to move because, uh, they couldn't get flood insurance, uh, because the, the levy wasn't safe enough. And then made people think about Vanport and, and what that did to a lot of displace a lot of people and, and, and those type of things. But I've always appreciated that, that local context and stuff. So it's not just science in abstract. Uh, there's, there's a real connection to everything that, that happens at, at OMSI. And that's one thing I've greatly appreciated. But I do have to ask this question because it's important. When is the body exhibit coming back? <laughs> because I need to know this. Because the last time it was here, I missed it, and I need the body exhibit back so I can uh, I can have some fun and maybe scare some of my kids. But uh, <laughs> no, I always appreciated uh, the body exhibit. Any idea on when when that might be rotating? I don't know. It was just here, unfortunately. Oh, I missed it. What are you? you missed it. Uh, I'm not going to remember when it opened, but I know that one of the exhibits that we had um, during the pandemic kind of open closure time was the body exhibit. Oh, so, see, see, I, man, I, I, I definitely, now normally, cause you know, you know, I'm a member, I usually get all the stuff. So I usually don't miss anything like that. You know, I, I didn't miss the dinosaur exhibit. My, uh, my son would have killed me. He is, he is seven and in love with dinosaurs, like everything dinosaur is pumped up. So, you know, I definitely didn't miss the uh, Pixar exhibit. Uh, went to that a few times. Uh, the, the the kids really really enjoyed that. Uh, I, I I didn't miss what was the uh, what was what was the insect one? Oh, exquisite uh, creatures. Oh, exquisite creatures, fantastic. The 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 colors on on all on all the the insects and uh, you know, even watching that video beforehand for that one was interesting. One, the first thing I thought was I couldn't do that job. So, no way. <laughs> you know, he's like hanging out in these exotic places for like years to capture all these different species of creatures. I'm like, mm, nah, <laughs> I like looking at the exhibit. I ain't going there. You know, he was like, yeah, we're here. We're checking up. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Nope. I'll be at the resort. You tell me how it, how it went. Uh, 
but that that one we had a we had a good time with even though my my son for the most part uh uh he always kind of stayed in uh in the in the turban hall uh place just because he enjoyed the uh he enjoyed the water so he would just hang out there mostly uh but there, there's also isn't there uh the the natural science hall mm-hmm. as well uh, i don't think we talked much about that part for sure uh, the natural sciences hall has two of my favorite places in omsi and one of the reasons that omsi is uh pretty unique compared to other uh science centers is that we have these two labs up there so we have the uh life sciences and the paleontology lab so i don't know if your son has been to the paleontology lab but this is the one of the secrets um it's upstairs in the top corner and um the volunteers and the educators that work in there are just, I am so impressed with their knowledge and their way to connect with kids. Um, almost every time I'm up there, you'll see a kid come in with a rock and they'll be like, I found a fossil. And then the educators will engage them in an entire conversation around, you know, what is this rock and is it a fossil or not? And how do you know? Um, there's a, I think it's a triceratops up there. So if you do a reserve lab with your class, or I think if you come to summer camp, then you have the opportunity to help work on the Triceratops and help to um, uncover it. Um, The other lab space that's up there is life sciences. So you get to be up close and look at the different insects and the um, animals that are up there. So I know I end up, when I come with family and friends, we spend a lot of time in that space, checking out the walking sticks and, I think it's called an axiotl, which apparently is a character or something in Minecraft. So it's attracted a lot of uh, yeah, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. <laughs> oh, it's Minecraft. Oh, trust me. I, 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 that's when I learned certain stuff just wasn't for me. <laughs> I don't get Minecraft. I don't. And I'm trying to get it, you know, between Minecraft and then between Roblox, like my yeah. kids love it. And I, I don't get it. But then I started thinking about when I was their age and like, I still remember when the Game Boy came out and I had like Tetris. They're like, why are you playing this thing for hours? Like I could play Tetris for hours back then. <laughs> like if you give it to me now, I could play it for like five minutes and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. But then I was all in on, you know, Tetris and, and Mario Brothers and all those stuff with the Nintendo. Then when the Genesis came out, ooh, I, you know, that was a thing. Uh, but I don't get it. Uh, but they love Roblox, and they. Uh, my daughter who's nine. She loves the the Life Lab. So so that's that's her favorite. She she loves the 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 insects and the the animals. I think there was, uh, it, it wasn't a mouse in there, but it was some something was similar. Rats. Yeah, and so uh, they know that their uh, their mother hates rats. And so we took a video of that and sent it to their to their mom, and we're like, "Hey, we're bringing this home." And she was, uh, uh, it was a, it was a fun joke uh, to play. But they they loved that part. Yeah, he was interested a little bit in the uh, in the fossils. He got more into the the life room because stuff was moving around. So uh, and for some reason they 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 think <laughs> the first time I took them, they thought it was kind of like a a pet store. So they're like, oh, you can take this one home. I'm like, it, it doesn't work that way. Uh, you come see them. We don't get to take them. 
<laughs> but I do think it's really cool, especially for the, the teachers that are watching this to know that, uh, you know, if, if your school is allowing field trips at this time, you know, you can reserve one of those rooms and they can have some extended time in that particular area, depending on uh, what you're working on. And there's often, there's, uh, there's volunteers to help with that curriculum and other things that can go along with that that day. So there's, there's some really good opportunities for teachers uh, to go a little bit deeper in those, in those life sciences or those uh, uh, physical sciences, uh, as well as the, the earth lab. There's, there's so much cool stuff there that like, you know, like I said, I take my kids there as, as a, you know, as a Saturday, we just book out the whole Saturday and just hang out. You know, we usually start in the, uh, uh, whatever's the main exhibit and then we'll, you know, have some some time in the uh, planetarium. We'll have some time at the movie, and uh, we just we just make it a whole day. Uh, but teachers, you can also uh, book out this and, and reserve it. I highly recommend that you do it. Uh, man, I just I just can't say enough great things about about Omsi. I'm just mad I missed the body exhibit during uh during COVID, so I have to wait yet again. Yeah, it's a little while. Thanks for the plugs, though. <laughs> this to come back. I do that. That part is. Oh, I'm like, man. I just knew the body was coming up. Like, man, the body is about to come up. Uh, and and I'm I'm really excited about some of your digital offerings. I think that that's really, uh, it's it's really an opportunity, especially for for teachers to encourage uh, some access to some of this stuff. I know a lot of folks uh, kind of increase their capacity for digital things during the pandemic, uh, everybody's been happy to kind of move back to kind of traditional in person. Uh, but that doesn't mean we have to leave that digital space as we go back. So there's a lot of opportunities there uh, for, for, for interaction in that digital space. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to come to the center. Um, but I, always, I appreciate that. Are any other new digital offerings coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Right now we are offering um, virtual labs. So if schools are restricted on doing field trips or having um, externals into the building, then you can set up a virtual lab. And then it's uh, through Zoom basically that then an OMSI educator will engage your class in uh, project and learning. There also are assemblies that are done in a similar way. So then your class can interact and ask questions and really dive into some of the content. Um, on omzi.edu, we have our omzi at home content, which is like do it yourself. That is great for schools that teachers can pull activities and short video explanations and demonstrations. Um, but they're also great for home. So I know that when I was looking for like a rainy day activity to do with my family, um, we can pull up a short video and it's kind of engineering design challenges, you know, and we can um, play around with the random supplies that we have in our house and try and test out designs. I think the other day we were working on boats and trying to design certain boats and get a sense of like, how many pennies can I put in this boat before it sinks? So it's fun to kind of do that trial and error and discovery together. Um, right now, those I think are our main virtual content or digital content that we're offering. And really we're interested in exploring what else would be meaningful to to teachers and to classrooms and what else would be meaningful to families. So hopefully we're gonna do a lot of testing and experimenting in the next year to create some new content too. 
But one thing I did want to make sure is that's the great part about, um, you know, our audio audience won't be able to, to hear this, but uh, or be able to see this. But for those on video, uh, as Alexa shared before, uh, go to omsi.edu. Uh, you could click on the uh, school and group programs tab, and you can see the really cool things right here. You can explore, uh, there's a button here to explore virtual programs. You can explore the in-person programs. So it gives you an opportunity to check out some of those things. Uh, right there, uh, she talked about science at home. So you can click right here on science at home and don't laugh at my 8 million tabs that I have open. Uh, so don't even notice that at all. And you can see weekly science at home. So these are some really cool things. So there's a week, the, uh, the last week was uh, phonology. Uh, and I think I'm saying that right. It's phonology, right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ways you can continue to engage as a scientist citizen. So you click on, you know, you'll click on that and it'll tell you what you have going on for this particular week. And it's and really, I'll go right ahead. Some of the great things I'd call out about our science at home or all of our OMSI content, but um, we are NGSS aligned. So we really do try and keep track of the standards and figuring out how, figuring out how to connect hands-on activities with the content that teachers are um, aligning in their classroom and advancing with NGSS. Um, the other thing that's great about our science at home content is that we are integrating subject areas. So you'll see that there are some literacy-based activities. There are design challenges. I saw up a there is some math around data and graphing. So really we're trying to be interdisciplinary because um, we know your time is limited. <laughs> so how, how can we work on a couple different skill areas and subject areas at the same time? And these are great. Educators can use these. Uh, even though it says at home, educators can use them in the classroom, parents. If you're looking for some, some extra things for your students, uh, this one's really cool here, sports science. And it gives you a week of things to do. So on Monday, you know, it says here, uh, science reading, uh, the, science, the, the science of exercise. And it gives you some things about uh, sports exercise, their discussion questions that can be here. And then Tuesday gives you an activity, a DIY test your reaction time. And it comes with a worksheet, which you could click on. And it gives you things to do in that particular worksheet. Uh, uh, Wednesday, Career Connection, the day in the life of a physical therapist. And uh, it gives you some information here. Uh, you step in to watch a video that talks about the life of a physical therapist and has some discovery questions. Thursday, observation journalism, uh, journaling, and you'll be observing balance. And it gives you some questions and some things to do along with that. And then Friday is a design challenge, okay? Design an exercise routine. All right. So you get all these things in a week. And this is information that's why we'll, we'll, we'll work on that one. But you can hear me though, correct? Yeah, now it's perfect. Okay, great. Uh, what, I was, what I was saying in regards to that was uh, this information that I just clicked you, there's, as of right now, there are, uh, there are 30 weeks of, of weekly science at home uh, content. That is, that is out and that stuff is, that's free. That's, that's on the website, it's there. Like you didn't know, yes, I'm a member, uh, but 
You don't have to be a member to get that. Your school district didn't have to, you know, purchase you a, uh, you know, a pass or a membership or, you know, you get that a lot with a, a lot of, of content that's out there. They say, hey, we have all this cool stuff that you can use, but you have to pay for a member. This content is there right now. So uh, you can be using this in your class. Uh, like Alexis said, it's, it's in GSS. Uh, for those who aren't teachers, who have no idea what NGSS is, please don't go to your school boards and protest NGSS. It is not... <laughs> It is, it, it, it is not something controversial, so, you know, but, uh, but it, it is aligned with that. So uh, you can connect those things to those standards uh, and you can even adapt those lessons for your classroom. Uh, and I think that they're, they're fantastic handouts, videos. Uh, they really produced a lot of, of really good stuff there. So um, sorry for the audio audience, didn't get a chance to see that, but if you, if you missed it, uh, definitely go to omzi.edu and then you can click on from there. Uh, as I stated, just click on the school and group programs. And you get all that information right there. And then teachers, you can feel free to click there to uh, uh, learn about the, uh, not only the other virtual programs, but the in-person programs and, uh, and how those work. And also, uh, if you are an educator, I believe you you can get a discount on the membership. I think there's educator membership uh, discounts for uh, for educators. So uh, don't be afraid to uh, to go ahead and and get that as well. I know I'm telling everybody to get memberships and stuff, but <laughs> and no, yeah. I'm not. Oh, go ahead. Well, we have an amazing program sales department. Um, and so any questions you have, just give them a call and they will help you access all kinds of educator resources and discounts, access to the museum, special programs. Um, when I was a teacher, one thing I, I didn't realize how much OMSI had um, and didn't realize how much they work with educators to really find the programming and the type of experience that works for your kids. Um, so I definitely encourage anybody to just give us a call <laughs> to learn about what might be the right thing for your class. Well, I was going to say, for the record, I do not work for the sales department. I'm you do not paid. Like it, <laughs> I'm not paid in any way. I don't get a commission from new memberships in East County to Omsi. I don't. <laughs> um, really, I've just always been, a, one, as a kid, I used to love Omsi and, you know, I used to just love going to the, the planetarium was always a cool uh, thing for me and uh, it's been really cool to share that with my with my kids and even my son is so pumped up and he always says he wants to be a a, a, exper a experimental scientist and uh, he, he wants to create a formula that makes people fly and you know and stuff and at first I was going to tell him hey man, man you can't do that but then I started thinking who says he can't do that uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, I try not to, not to, sometimes with, with, with kids, we kind of, we're, 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 we're so in a hurry to, to kind of tell them the truth or ran on their parade that we, we stifle their creativity. So, uh, you know, if that's what you want to do, hey, learn as much science as possible. Uh, you know, if you, if you want to create the, uh, what did they call the, I don't know if you remember that old cartoon gummy bears but they had like gummy berry juice and they would bounce up and down if they 
that they had to do from like, hey, if I can watch Harry Potter and he has an invisibility cloak, why can't um, someone uh, create a, a something that lets people fly? So, but one thing I found interesting about that is even at, at seven, he's still thinking about the the ethical questions that come along with that. So he was like, hey, if I create this, you know, maybe everybody can't have it because, mm-hmm. you know, this might be a problem here. And I'm like, man, that's, you know, interesting to think about. <laughs> that that's a the way to right? <laughs> seven-year-olds have those kind of uh, mm-hmm. thoughts and questions and, and things. Sometimes we ask, oh, they're little kids. They don't know much, but you'll be surprised what just exposing them to different things uh, can do. And I think, especially for my son, on top of, you know, even before going to OMSI, the uh, during the pandemic, uh, the the uh, their schools gave out some supplies, and his teacher gave him a magnifying glass, and that was just the coolest thing for him. He saw the magnifying glass. They watched the video, and he wanted a lab coat, and he wanted to just go around with this magnifying glass looking at things, and it just really created that that sense of wonder. And oftentimes, that's what spurs you know young people into engineering into science, into stuff, just that sense of, of wonder. And I always appreciate it that that's what, what OMSI uh, brings to folks. I want to come back and ask you a few things. We want to take a quick pause really quickly to say again, this episode of In The Numbers podcast is sponsored by the East Metro STEAM Foundation. Now, I know you're used to the East Metro STEAM partnership, but the East Metro STEAM Foundation is committed uh, to raising money to help support STEAM in East Monoma County and make sure that the most underrepresented communities uh, have access to STEAM and STEAM resources. Uh, For you to donate today, feel free to go to the East Metro STEAM Partnership website, eastmetrosteam.org, click on Foundation, and there you can donate today. You can make a tax-deductible donation. It is a 501c3 entity. Uh, if you want to know if your gift is fully tax deductible, please make sure you consult your tax professional. Don't call me because I'm not your tax professional. But <laughs> feel free to make your donation either way. Uh, again, that's eastmetrosteam.org uh, and click on Foundation. Uh, we're still back here with Alexis Baghdadi. We're getting close to the end. I'm telling you, an hour goes by really quickly, uh, but we're we're getting close there, but I did want to talk a little bit, as much as I've been, so people don't think I'm just uh, an OMSI homer, which I am. I, I love <laughs> what, you, what you're doing there, but I do want to talk about like what more made you kind of come out of the classroom, because we do talk on here uh, about personal choices, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we're, uh, and, and I think we do a disservice to, to kids sometimes where we, we we A, don't talk about ourselves enough. And I think part of that is to kind of keep people at arm's length. So I get yeah. that piece. Uh, but I remember for years, years ago, I used to work for uh, uh, the city of Portland. I used to work in HR. And uh, we would have the, the you know, bring the, it wasn't the bring your daughter to work day. It was kind of the, I think it was Portland Public with tour uh, city stuff, kind of like a job fairish type thing, but they kind of, you know, spend a day in a life. And so kids would come in and they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm here, I'm in HR, but I, you know, they're like, you just sit in the cubicle all day? 
I'm like, well, well, yeah, but I like, well, what do you do? I'm like, well, I read these applications. <laughs> and they're like, you just sit and read all day? Like, huh? Now, of course, the firefighters, everybody wanted to go by of there. <laughs> you know, they get to play with the holes and stuff and see them slide down the pole. And you know, even the police officer, people like Feliz. That was fun. Nobody, nobody wanted to come and hang out at the HR area. <laughs> uh, but one, I enjoyed that particular work because it helped people get jobs. And so, you know, I like that piece of the thing, but we really couldn't share that uh, with folks because they just add, they want to know what you did. And we don't, we don't often share how we make decisions to how we get to where we've gotten. And so you're, you're a classroom teacher and I'm sure you were enjoying it, but what made you think, you know what, I'm gonna hang out at this OMSI place and make sure this body exhibit is there for, for Jarvis. When he's <laughs> I take care of you. <laughs> um, my childhood was very much in and around grassroots nonprofits. Um, I come from a family where um, we didn't have, couldn't pay for day camp or a babysitter that often. So I followed my mom around. Um, so my earliest memories are kind of following my mom from board meetings to programs and serving people. Um, and I think I was incredibly fortunate in that I get to watch how do you um, support a community? How do you build an organization and collaborate with people so that you're meeting people's needs? And so there's something there that feels very linked to my family <laughs> around, you know, this type of work I was interested in. So I went into the schools because I thought that's a great place to get um, I'm fascinated by the ways that people learn and the way that kids construct knowledge together and what that looks like when you're with your family. Um, but as I was a classroom teacher, my brain kept going off into like, oh, but what about the after school program we could organize? Oh, but what about the big community events and strategies and how do we build culture here at the school? So I kept finding that my brain was, um, going back to all the things I observed when I was a child and trying to bring those into the community uh, kind of on a larger scale outside the classroom. So uh, after my son was born, I needed to take a little bit of time off of work and help manage that and take care of him. And as I was looking to return back to work after being a stay-at-home mom for a few years, I was thinking about, okay, what is this space that's an intersection of education and community, um, what's a role that I could have that feels a little bit around, um, I love uh, planning and brainstorming and really being creative. So as a project manager, I kind of find in this role, I get to um, do all of those things. <laughs> so there are things I miss about the classroom. I think there's this way that you form really direct close relationships when you are building a classroom community. Um, but now I'm looking at, okay, how do I do that with adults? And how am I doing that here with the OMSI staff? Uh, so I don't know. That's kind of how I found my way out of the classroom, looking to explore something a little bit different that was pulling all of these different aspects together. No, that's, that's really cool right there. I, you know, I understand how that was. Like, you know, I grew up in, like I said, for, for me, OMSI was like such a, you know, it was either the you know, I never went with my family. It was a school trips. That's the only time I ever got to go. Uh, and then uh, as I got older, I wanted to make sure I, I gave that experience uh, to my kids. Uh, 
plus kids give you an excuse to do stuff that you know folks look at you a little different if you if you're going by yourself like you know like i was excited about the pixar exhibit but you know you have to bring the kids so it, you know like why are you getting excited about pixar i'm like from a from a just the 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 technology of what they were creating at pixar at the time was unprecedented like it wasn't seen as really you it was the first real kind of digital animation on a uh, on a feature film you know toy story changed filmmaking and like to to see how that process comes about and to see the marriage of art and science is exciting now i'm kind of geeky in that man manner uh, and i think one thing i appreciate you bringing up today was context in that a lot of people think uh one, they don't understand that social science is a science. So the way we connect, the way we talk, the way we interact with each other is a science that is actually studied. And I think sometimes, uh, and I think, you know, even us in the, in the STEM areas have this issue sometimes. We try to put the, the hard science, as they call it, which I hate that term. And then the other stuff, oh, that's just a soft science. You know, <laughs> this is, you know, we're, this is chemistry. This is real science. You know, that's sociology. That's that's not real science. That psychology is not real science. One, it is real science. Uh, <laughs> it is the fact that people spend a lot of money to learn it, not only learn it, but to 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 profit off of it is is shows you that it's a real science. Uh, but it's but all this stuff, and that's why. Um, we're all, all the STEM hubs in Oregon are, they're all STEM hubs, but we decided to be a STEAM, mm -hmm. uh, a STEAM partnership because we had to put the arts in there because that's what brings it context. Yeah. You know, it's not enough to know that this element reacts with this element. It's how does that reaction do something? You know, what, what, what is gonna happen with that? How can we use that to help, you know, something over here or, or you know, what are we doing as, as a piece when we're looking at climate change, it's not just, hey, are we gonna stop polluting? You know, that, that sounds easy. But, you know, are we gonna stop? I mean, cars pollute, everybody gonna stop cars. We're okay. probably not gonna stop the cars right now. So it's like, okay, how do we have carbon offsets? How do we have reduction? How do we build other systems? How do we change maybe how we're doing certain things as humans uh, to, actually off, offset that. And even some of the conversations around the new uh, kind of the, the I-5 uh, change right around uh, close to OMSI, uh, you know, over there in the, the Albina area, uh, having those kind of conversations about the, the school that's there, and how much pollution uh, they're getting just in the school because of the freeway being right there. Yeah. And, you know, you'd be surprised at those kind of things, but it takes science to understand uh, the context uh, for it to be the most uh, impactful. And that's one thing I appreciate about OMSI. That's one thing I appreciate about, uh, you know, you tell your story and I appreciate you sharing that with us, uh, how you kind of made this transition over here into the nonprofit space. And I'm sure you missed the classroom. I don't know any teacher who doesn't miss the classroom. 
uh, when when they're out. My family were, were educators. My mm-hmm. my uncle, who is who is similar to, to being my dad in a sense, uh, he's been a teacher for twenty years. His best friends are educators. Uh, my, my my kid's mother is a teacher. Like everybody I'm around, like yeah. all these teachers. And I was this close to going into teaching at the at the at the time. I I do teach now at the at the university level. Uh, that way I can speak freely on critical race theory now, just uh, <laughs> plan. But, uh, you know, I do teach business in, a, in, a, in the college context. Uh, but I, I, I had almost, if I, wouldn't, if, if I wouldn't have got back into business, I was, I was this close to getting into the education program at Oregon State. They were, they were talking to me and uh, I was having some difficulties in undergrad and business at first. I was like, I could go over to education. And, uh, I was like, nah, I'll be staying over in business. I'm having too much fun. And then go figure, I'm back here in education uh, because it matters so much. It is, uh, it, is, it is the key to a lot of what we hope to unlock as a society is through education. And uh, I am glad that, uh, that OMSI was able to hang on. I was sad to hear that the, that the Children's Museum uh, didn't make it. That was kind of my weekend twofer. You know, one day Children's <laughs> Museum, one day Omsi. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the fact that those spaces, uh, you know, were threatened during the pandemic, uh, we started to really see the value of those things. Uh, we started to see the value of people actually being there to physically touch stuff and how, how impactful that is for kids. Uh, but before we go, because we're getting close to the time, uh, we talked a lot about education what it is for, for, for the kids and everything else. But I would be remiss if I wouldn't throw out there that, uh, you know, the kids do have a bedtime. There is OMSI after dark. I was going to say, you said you came to Pixar for your kids. And I was like, wait, we have all kinds of adult programs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, trust me. Like I said, we talked about the kids stuff, about <laughs> education, talked about science, NGSS yeah. standards. So teachers, we met all your stuff that you need for the teaching stuff. Now that the kids are in bed, uh, let's talk a little bit about OMSI After Dark because I think OMSI After Dark is a really uh, is a really cool program. One, you know, you don't have to stop learning as a, as a, as an adult. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, the uh, uh, the Leica stuff. I think that's coming at the end of the month. It's here uh, right now. Oh, oh, it's here now? Thank oh. you for the reminder. Yeah, let's talk about cool things for grownups. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk we about We are right now hosting, we've just extended, so I think you have to come by Thanksgiving, um, to, there is a little mini Leica, a Leica exhibit, and um, I love puppets and costumes and things like that, so it uh, captivated me. There are... Um, artifacts, examples from the different films. And then there are QR codes at each of the uh, exhibit stations where you're with your phone, you can uh, scan it. And then there'll be an interview or a talk about the artifact that's there, or it'll show you some, how it was created and then what does it look like in the film? Um, So I definitely encourage everyone to come check that out. It's included with your general admission to the museum and it's only here for a little while. Um, And then we are hosting this week, next week, very soon, our uh, 
first in person on the After Dark in a really long time. Um, so our teams are very excited to welcome the On the After Dark crowd back to the museum. Um, and then we're planning to continue having them throughout the year. So keep an eye on our website to get your tickets in advance. I'm not even sure if this one is, this one might be sold out already. Oh, um, is it sold out? Well, I don't know. Like, you have to check. <laughs> uh, definitely go to the website. It is uh, OMSI. It's uh, uh, slash after dark. Now, this is not for the children's. So. Make sure you got your babysitter or, or, or take them over to the grandma's house or, or something like that. Uh, there is, uh, it is uh, 21 and over only. Okay, it is called Uncorked. Uh, and it is 21 and over. It's on November 12th oh, from sweet. 6 to 10. Uh, November, 20, uh, November 12th, 6 to 10. Uh, it is uh, it is the annual wine tasting. You can sample a lot of delicious wines in Oregon. And for the record, you know, so nobody's saying I'm, I'm out promoting alcohol. Uh, alcohol is science, okay? Oh, come First learn off, <laughs> for, if you if you if you go one of one of the most popular programs at Oregon State is is around uh, the fermenting. So uh, we're this is big in Oregon. It's what we do here. So uh, feel free to check that out. If you're not able to get into this one, uh, as it may be, it may be sold out. Uh, get your tickets fast before. But it you got to get them fast. Uh, <laughs> there, there's limited stuff available. There will be some food there. I think some. Uh, there's going to be a, a food truck there as well. Uh, there's opportunities to check out the exhibits uh, with with no children around. So. You can have fun and your kids don't have to uh, see you having as much fun as you want to pretend that you don't already have. So uh, if you haven't been to one, they're fantastic. I know, yes, y'all think I work for OMSI now. I don't. Uh, there's just, there's so much that stuff that's in the city that's really cool that a lot of folks don't experience. So uh, if you're into wine tasting, feel free to, to check it out. Um, and there's often there's often some other demonstrations that are going to be there this time. There is uh, uh, cork fingers. There's water to wine, uh, talking about the science of, of that. Uh, brick house using light to determine how sweet the wine is, and then Native American harvest and learning how indigenous planting practices take advantages of symbiosis. So, yes, there is a little wine there. You can get a little tipsy, uh, but uh, uh, remember, drink responsibly and always get a designated driver. Uh, or you can uh, take the max to uh, to obviously get you right there as well. Uh, but it's a it's a really good time and environment to learn. It's it's all about creating an environment of lifelong learning. We, we we do it for the kids, and you know I'm sure that's that that Alex's role. That's my role. We talk a lot about stuff for the kids, but I learn so much every time uh, I'm doing some of these things, and it's all about lifelong learning. And uh, you can you can have fun at OMSI and learn. So uh, definitely check out After Dark. That's omsi.edu slash uh, uh, After Dark. I don't know why I can't talk some reason right now. I guess my sound went off and messed up my my whole thing. Uh, but any uh, 
any any last words? We're we're coming up at an hour, so any any last words you want to want to say to the people? Anything you want them to remember or to think about uh, at all? I think um, one of the big things that you touched on before is that you know OMSI is about the lifelong learning and the love of quote unquote science. I think when I came to OMSI, I was like, mm, I don't really do science, or I'm not a scientist. I'm not really good at math. Um, and one of the big things that we hope to engage everyone in and help everyone think about, and I definitely have benefited from this, is the idea that we do science every day. And there are so many different ways that I can be a design thinker or an engineer as I am planning out a project or working with my family. Um, and so we invite everybody to just come check out some of our content, whether, you know, as you were talking about before, Jarvez, it's the hard science of chemistry and come do a chemistry experiment, or it's more around some of the softer sides, which is like critical thinking and making those connections and understanding context to ask the questions and understand how pieces fit together and affect each other. Um, we run a science pub program, and there's a lot Every time we have one of those events, it's helping to engage all of us and asking those kinds of questions around different uh, issues or topics in our community. Um, so I don't know. I just encourage everyone to come check it out, whether it's with your family or with your friends, and kind of play in this space of um, wonder and curiosity and discovery. Okay. Well, everybody, give Alexis a big round of applause. Thank you so much. I know it took us a second. We've been scheduling this for a bit, but I, I'm glad that we got you to, to come on and, and especially glad that we got you uh, as, a, as a partner. And, uh, and uh, even though you don't know it yet, but you're going to be taking uh, Ben's place on our leadership team. So we're excited <laughs> for that one. That, that's how I con people. I get them on the podcast and then I let them know that that they're on a, a leadership team or an action team. So <laughs> Uh, we, we appreciate your participation at that and definitely look forward to seeing you at the next meeting. Uh, now, if the body exhibit comes back and I don't get a direct I'm gonna email call you first. from you personally, yes, I need a personal call. Don't text. worry. I need to know beforehand so I can be there day one. I'm not missing it this time. Uh, but, but thank you so much for everything. Thank you for being here. Uh, remember everyone that uh, this episode's uh, the number of the day is 1 million because over 1 million people are being served by OMSI a year. Get your membership, get your students there, be a part of the 1 million uh, as, 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 as everything is starting to open back up here at OMSI here in 2021-2022. So thank you, Alexis, for being here. Thank you for OMSI uh, for what you're doing. Uh, continue to do what you do and thank all of you for coming in and joining us for this latest episode of In the Numbers podcast. So make sure you're, you're getting your kids support in STEM. Make sure you're hanging out with us at eastmetrosteam.org and make sure to always stay in the numbers. Thank you very much. <laughs>